This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Well, bless all of you. If you're a guest, we're glad to have you with us. If you need a Bible, why don't you raise your hand up real high. Uh, if you've been here for the last three or four months, we've been on a series called The Wilderness, and we're going to keep going on that to give you some little biblical info. So once you get a Bible, go with me to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel 30, and as, as you go there, just let me paraphrase a little bit. Remember David and the 600 men that were with him. Man, they had gone through a terrible season in their life. Terrible. You know, they'd lost everything, their, their wives, their kids, all their possessions. And so in those situations, you know, fear can try to come in and grip you and grab you. And you begin to see in life that it's not always easy. But what do we do in the worst days of our life? And I believe today it's really going to help every one of us. My prayer is that faith is stirred within us. So we begin First Samuel chapter 30, verse 7. Then David said to Abathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, Please bring the ephod here to me. And Abathar brought the ephod to David. Now, remember the ephod was a piece of clothing like a vest they would put on. But it really signified that when they put that on, that means we're going to seek God. The message says that he would consult with God. I, I really like that. Now, let me ask you a question. When's the last time you consulted with God? Because God is still the, the great consultant. He desires that. So again, he puts the ephod on. All his men, they know what that means when he puts the ephod on. Verse number 8. So David inquired of the Lord. He spent the evening with the ephod on. And I highlight that he inquired of the Lord. It was like it's just me and God. Now in saying that right there, ask yourself this question. Who do you inquire of or what do you inquire of in your life when life gets tough? How, how do I escape? What do I turn to? And so it said that he inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop, and shall I overtake them? Now, just in his prayer request, it's a nugget for every one of us in here. His prayer was very specific. When's the last time you got real specific with God on your prayer life? I believe it's important that we learn to do that. So he asked the Lord these questions. Do I pursue him? Do I overtake him? And I love right there where it said, and God answered him. God spoke to him and said, pursue, for you shall overtake them and without fail recover all. And so on the day before, everything seemed hopeless. But he gets into the presence of God. He prays and he asks God, what do I do? And God says to him, pursue, overtake, and recover all. So David's word that he got from God, it ignited his faith. It, it gave him a, a fresh expectation, a fresh hope. And those three words, pursue, overtake, and recover all, they changed his focus from God. And when I look at this, it would be like life when it comes around and it's hard. It, it knocks the wind out of you. Well, David had had the faith knocked out of him. And I believe that's similar to every one of us. 
But the word that God spoke to David when he asked God, when he inquired of God, when he consulted God, it stirred faith back up within him. Now this is where we're going today because I believe this is many of us in this room. Man, I I need my faith stirred back up within me. Turn with the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. As you're turning to 2 Timothy, in Proverbs chapter 2 verse 8, the message said, God pays special attention to his loyally committed ones. Let me ask you something. How committed are you to God? Kind of. Well, what does that mean? Hit and miss. No. God pays special attention to the ones that are loyally committed to him. In other words, God's looking for ones that say, I'm all in, Lord. I'm all in. So we're here in 2 Timothy chapter 1. I'm going to start in verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, he's on special assignment by the will of God or carrying out God's plan according to the promise or the quality of life which is in Christ Jesus. Now, I highlight that because when I read the writings of Paul, I always like to look at the beginning and the end of his his books. And he always has incredible nuggets here. But understand this, that every one of us in this room, God has an assignment for you. And God wants you to hook to his plans. So in this passage here, the Apostle Paul is writing to this pastor named Timothy. And evidently, Timothy's going through some struggles in his life. So we pick up now, same, same chapter, verse 5. When I call to remembrance, I'm calling up memories. The, the message says, the precious memory triggers another. Now listen to what he says. I call to remember the genuine, the sincere the unqualified, the absolute trust and confidence without hypocrisy, the honest, the rich, the strong faith that is in you. Now, when I look at that right there, how does that qualify my faith? Is my faith genuine? Is it rich? Is it strong? And so he gets on to something here and he goes... The genuine faith that's in you, which dealt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. Now what you see here, that he's saying, I I saw this generational blessing that flowed right through your bloodline, right through your family tree. That your grandmother Lois was a woman of faith. And that your mother Eunice was a woman of faith. Now, look what he says to him at the end. And I am persuaded, I am fully convinced, is in you also. There's a faith that's in you, uh, Timothy. And I believe to a degree, he's saying to him, that faith that's in you, it's dormant. It's, it's, it's kind of in a coma. It's complacent. And I believe this can happen to every one of us at times in our lives. Where we get very complacent with our faith. And it may be a season that you're dry. And you almost kind of like feel like, well, I'm just going through the motions. And, and my faith is extremely casual. 
There's nothing to it. I don't know about you, but that bothers me if I get that way. And so look what he says in verse 6. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God. I remind you, the initiative here for keeping the fires of the soul stirred up is upon the recipient. And this principle applies to every one of us. Now, here's the thought on there. If your faith is dormant, if your faith needs to be stirred up, you're the only one that knows that. And it's very easy to get in this thing called Christianese where I can say the right things, but on the inside, there's no faith within me. And so he says... I want you to stir up the gift that's within you. And the the Greek word for gift is the word charisma, which means a specific gift from the Holy Spirit. And he said, I want to stir that up within you. I, I, I want to stir that up on the inside of you. And so again, this is the desire today. And I believe to a degree this is what happened to even King David. That God said when he spoke to him, pursue, overtake, recover. You need to stir that faith up in you. That there becomes a righteous indignation within me that says, you know what? I'm going to fight in the name of Jesus. My faith is going to be strong in God. Now keep reading here with me because verse 7 has some incredible nuggets. For God... Has not given us a spirit of fear. And so when you see the spirit of fear here. This is not merely a human disposition. Understand he said. For God has not given you a spirit of fear. So it's not from God. But the spirit of fear is real. And so what he's talking about here. Is this spirit of fear can immobilize you. It can torment you as victims and it also make you feel powerless and alone. Now that may define you right now where the spirit of fear has got you in a headlock. And I wonder if that's what hadn't gotten the apostle or the pastor Timothy and Paul was dealing with it. And he's saying, listen Timothy, you can't let this fear dominate you. You can't let this fear immobilize you. You can't let this fear torment you. And often the fear comes from people. What are they going to do to me? What are they going to say to me? But listen what he says here. But of power. We have within us the power of God through the Holy Spirit That he enables us to no longer be victims. Thank you. There's two holy amens there. The second he says. And of love. Or the perfect love of God. And of a sound mind. Now I look here at the definitions of a sound mind. Listen to this. Because this may identify you. A sound mind is. Good judgment, discipline thought patterns, the ability to understand and make right decision. It includes the qualities of self-control and of self-discipline. So when you talk about what he's, he's getting over here, this, this mind of Christ 
which can enable us to make sound choices. Now, let me ask you, are you a place in your life where you're needing direction? See, again, he tells us here, I I want you full of love, power, and the soundness of mind. So when we apply these truths, it determines whether we overcome fear or fear overcomes you. And so again, I go back to King David in this passage. And you can imagine the fear that was gripping him and his men pertaining to his wife and his kids. What, what's happening, Lord? What's going on with our family? But King David, he comes out of that, that tent with that ephod on. And I believe all 600 of those men who just previously wanted to kill him, their eyes are fixed on him. Their eyes are glued upon him. They're watching their leader. They're seeing his body language. And he comes out. And he's got the eye of the tiger. And they can tell there's something within him. And he looks and he says, Pursue, overtake, and recover all. Now, those weren't just words to King David. Those were a promise from Father God. And I believe the next few days or the next coming hours, he began to say that. Pursue, overtake, and recover all. And the reason I want to highlight that, because what the the leader was showing forth to his men became contagious. Now, go with me to the book of James chapter 1. James chapter 1. And so his faith is stirred. And these men who had just previously been in uh, dependency and self-pity. They had been replaced with the new faith. And they begin to shout uh, instead of focusing what on happened. And I believe this within every one of these guys. That that spirit of fear tried to torment them. Tried to paralyze them. And even tried to immobilize them. But when David comes out and says, fellas, we're going to pursue, we're going to overtake, and we're going to recover all, it stirred up faith within every one of them. James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, the message says, If you do not know what you're doing, let him ask of God. Now that's a novel idea. Let me ask you something. Do any of you lack wisdom? Have you gone to God? Have you asked God? I believe this is exactly what King David did. He needed wisdom. And he said, you know what? I'm going to go consult with God. I'm going to go inquire of God. And he says right here, ask of God. And then he says, who gives all deliberately or generously and without reproach. And it will be given to him. To the one who asks. Verse 6. But let him ask in faith. It must be in faith. In other words, it must have a confidence in God. Let him ask in faith 
with no doubting, with no wavering, with no hesitating. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. So when I allow doubt to linger in my life, it creates instability and I become unsettled. And he warns right here. I just don't ask. I got to ask in faith, which would be better stated. I believe I receive. I believe I receive. I believe my father still hears prayers and he answers. And so this is where he goes to. Now watch and pay real close attention to this, all right? Verse 7. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. What man? The man who gets over in doubt. So I look at this and there's only two options. I'm going to be a person that lives by faith and I look and put my trust in God. Or I'm going to be a person that lives by doubt. And what do he say about doubt? When I get over and I live by doubt, you're not going to receive anything. And oftentimes we get mad at God. Verse 8. He is a double-minded man. He is a person drawn in two opposite directions. A double-minded man, his allegiance is divided. He vacillates between belief and disbelief. Thinking God will help him and other times he gives up all hope. And here's a question. Does that define you? Now look what happens, what he ultimately says. And that man is unstable in all his ways. He lacks the consistency in his exercise of faith. And it betrays his character. And so I look and I think again about King David. When God gave him his word, pursue, overtake, and recover all. David let that change his heart. And he stood on God's word. And so here's the question again. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Where is the will of God found? It's found in the word of God. And so when I get in God's word, God's word becomes my blueprint for life. And when I simply follow the word of God, life is so much better. And so I look at all these verses and these th- passage we've read. God's still in the business of stirring up faith. Go with me to the book of Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. And so King David, instead of allowing worry and fear and anxiety to dictate his future, he sought God, he asked God, and God answered. And the words that God gave David energized him instead of demoralizing. And when you see demoralize, the word demoralize is rooted in mental torment. How many of you are being mentally tormented right now? Don't raise your hands. How many are dealing with anxiety and worry right now? Those three words, the, the, the mental torment, worry, and anxiety, one definition or one translation says, it is literally hell in your mind. Is that you right now? 
And if it is, man, we're going to stir the faith of God up in you today. We're going to let the word of God go to work within you. Now, you're going to have to pay real, real good attention here, okay? Because God's going to stir some things up in you. Matthew 7, and you'll note here in verse 24, these are the Lord Jesus' words. I'm going to highlight this, okay? You're going to have to pay real close attention. Therefore, whoever, if you're here today, you're a whoever, okay? Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, acts upon them, obeys them, puts them into practice. The Passion Translation says that he applies them to his life. I will liken him to a wise man. I will compare him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Now I've got to define here what the rock is. The person who hears the word of God and does them. Not only does he define it, that's the rock, but he says... That is a wise man. That is a wise builder. That is a wise carpenter. And the rains descended. The floods came and the winds blew and they beat on that house. And it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. Now here's something I want to highlight. The wise man who builds his house on the rock. Just because I've built my house on the rock, I'm not exempt from the storms of life. See, oftentimes we have this thought, or Christians do, that once I become a Christian, it's going to be smooth sailing. But it's interesting right here that he says, the rains came, the descended, the floods came, the winds blew... And they beat on that house. And so trouble has a place that forms my life and shapes my character. Understand this. The only way that you know what your house is built upon. Is when the storms of life show up. Back to King David. Briefly. Do you think the storms of life showed up on him? They did. And I go back to the storms of life in him. What did he do that day? He went to God and he stood on what God said for him. Verse 26. But everyone who hears these saying of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man. Who built his house on the sand. Now we go back and we look at something. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. How would we define sand? It would be the one who heard the word of God. But chose not to obey the word of God. And here's a thought for you. 
could the reason I'm in the predicaments I'm in right now is because I've heard the word of God, but I didn't obey him. I didn't put him into practice. I didn't apply him. And I don't know why, but at times as human beings, we have this thought that God's okay with that. God's not okay with that. Because look at the end here in verse 27, what he says. And the rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell. And look at the last part. And great was its fall. And great was its fall. So we go back and we look at the lives that Jesus compares. There's two. One's wise and one's a fool. There's several points here, though, that they have in common. Number one, both build. Number two, both hear the word of God. And number three, none of them were exempt from the storms of life. So now we take another step. The difference between standing in the storm and falling wasn't caused by ignorance it was rather by one who chooses to ignore Jesus' teaching and fails to put them into practice. Oof. Their external lives look very similar. But the lasting structural differences will be revealed in the storms of life. Or the wilderness. So I look at this and I think, okay. What purposes in my life? What directions in my life? Am I not looking at through the word of God? I want you to see right here in this passage. There are consequences for ignoring the word of God. You can, you can ignore the word of God. But again, don't get mad at God when great is the fall. Don't get mad at him. And so when I look at all this that he's talking about, is the wilderness experience today, is it about stirring up faith in me that when I see the word of God, I don't want to just be a hearer of the word. That's James 1. I want to be a doer of the word because the doers are the ones who stands. The one who doesn't do is the one greatest as falls. And so today the question is, is your faith, is it complacent? Is it stagnant? Is it lukewarm? And I, I can tell you this yesterday morning when I got into studying the word of God. God began to stir within me. He, he began to stir within me. That, that, that same word that I said described David, the eye of the tiger. I said, Lord, stir within me. Stir a fight within me that says, you know what? The devil may have stolen this and stolen this and he's stolen this. But there's a faith in me that's stirring within me that says, I'm going to believe God. And that God's faith, it drowns out the fear. It looses within me love and power and the soundness of my... It causes a, a faith to come alive. A righteous indignation in me that says, the just shall fight the good fight of faith. 
I'm in a fight and you're in a fight. But let me ask you right now, where's your faith at? Does it need to be stirred? Is it complacent? And you may look and say, well, pastor, my faith is average. Well, you know what average is in school? That's a C. C's don't get degrees in the kingdom of God. Now, they may in school. That was my motto in school. C's get degrees. But God wants me to live with a spirit of excellence. God wants me to have a faith that soars. How is my faith expressed? I believe with the heart and I confess with the mouth. And so when David came walking out with that ephod, not only did he believe in his heart what God had said, I believe he began to say it. I began, believe he began to say it to himself. I'm going to pursue, I'm going to overtake, I'm going to recover all. And I believe it became so contagious that that was their locker room cry. That every one of them, when they went out into the stadium, the arena of life, they said, pursue, overtake, and recover all because God said so. So I believe God wants a birth within every one of us. That's stirring within us to say, Lord, grace me. Grace me today. Just stand on your feet here. Now, in the first service, I said, bow your eyes. Bow your head and close your eyes. And the reason I want you to do that is, again, is your faith needs stirring today. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Hebrews eleven six. Man, I, I gotta have that faith come alive in me. You know, one of the great cries of the disciples in Luke seventeen, they said, "Lord, increase our faith. Get get me to a place like King David. When you speak, I act. When you speak." I believe, I stand, I move. And there's some of you in here today, woo, there needs to be stirring back in your faith. Back to the Word of God. You need some wisdom today? Let's ask of the Lord. Let's inquire of the Lord today. So I know I'm, I'm spitting out a bunch today, but I, I believe God's wanting to stir within you. He's wanting to stir within us today. So what I'm going to do is, is they get ready to sing here. To start with, I, I welcome you to come down here. That was me. Guys, you're going to see me down here again today where I said, Lord, you, you put a faith within me. Stir a faith within me. I, I, I heard this the other day of this man of God. And he asked this person, he said, do you have faith for that miracle? Do you have that faith to be healed? And they said, I don't have faith. And he looked at him and said, it's okay. I got enough faith for both of us. And he didn't say out of an arrogance. He said it as, I trust God. And I believe that's what King David was saying. Boys, I don't know if you've got faith to pursue and recover all, but I do. 
church. I believe God's going to do something right here. Man, I come and one of my heart's cries today was I repented. I said, Lord, forgive me for being shallow. Forgive me for being complacent. You know, one of the great signs of complacency, you become a champion bellyacher. My terms, you become a champion bedwetter. Instead of saying, Lord, stir within me. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to come down here. We're going to get right with God. Some of you may need wisdom. And then I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you challenge number two after that. But I, I welcome you down here to start with. Come on. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlebeck.com.